Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. You are listening to The Recovery Radio Podcast on KMP3. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and I be your host. You can email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail. Follow me on Instagram sarcastic.aa.book This is my website, recoveryradiokmp3.com To get the books, go to sarcasticbigbook.com And, as always, I am so glad you're here with me. I don't know, every day is just getting started, just winding down, maybe it's somewhere right in the middle, but nonetheless, here we are, you and me. I am glad for that. Grateful I have no desire to drink today. Remember, I used to I got sober before I had a legal drink. Many times I remember waking up in a shopping center parking lot, waiting for someone who would buy me alcohol. Always found them. Always. I guess that doesn't happen anymore. I never see anybody doing that. I don't know. I'm like 100 years old, so I don't know. There's probably a lot of reasons for that, but... You should just hang around in front of a grocery store in California where I grew up and um, wait hound people and find somebody who would who would buy me alcohol. When I had money for that. When I didn't have money for that, which became more and more frequent of a situation I would steal it. Very good at that. But I needed to drink. The idea of not drinking was just out of the question. It wasn't going to happen. It was not going to go hours, not days. I was not going to go hours without it. It wasn't going to happen. 
was not going to happen. I would do anything I needed to do to get alcohol. It was oxygen. Wasn't a short phase. First time I drank, I was a little kid. And I very deliberately set out from that point to drink forever. Eventually, it was all I wanted to do. Only time I felt really good. Only time I felt good at all. Only time I could stand anything. After a while, it stopped working. And then I couldn't even stand that. So I would drink to blackout. It's a form of peace. Some version of serenity. I was drinking to blackout. Then I had, as Bill Wilson describes it, same thing he had, was a hot flash spiritual experience. My early sobriety, the desire to drink, left. And I was tricked by that. Did not understand. The big book makes it so clear, but I didn't really grasp that we have a daily reprieve. We have a daily postponement of punishment. <laughs> That is based on how spiritually fit we are. And that is it. You can go a long time without wanting to drink. But if you are a real alcoholic, as is described in the book Alcoholics Anonymous, the day or time will come. If you're not spiritually fit, where the desire to drink return and it returned for me with a vengeance when I was a year sober and I didn't think it was ever going to go away and I thought I was going to perish then when I learned why it had returned and how more importantly to keep it from returning, it became clearly to me my purpose, one of my purposes in life, was to share what I had learned. So when I say I'm grateful, I have no desire to drink today, I'm not fucking around. I mean it. If you are a real alcoholic, you know, without anyone telling you, the torture it is to simultaneously want to drink and not want to drink. It is hell on earth. So when I woke up this morning and I did not have that experience, I thanked God for that.
And then I ask God what I can do today to live a life that somehow warrants having been saved. Because my life was saved. There's no doubt in my mind. I do have a piping hot cup of French roast coffee here from Trader Joe's mixed with some Don Francisco's. It is so good today. I don't know why. It's the same shit I drank yesterday, but it is so good today. I guess I'm in a cussing mood all of a sudden. It's primary alcoholism, man. I want to talk about something today known in the AA Fellowship as the 13th step. Many people in Alcoholics Anonymous know what the 13th step is. It's not a real step. It's not an official step. But it is when someone with time, sober, preys on someone, hooks up with someone, who is newly sober. In some areas, it is a year. If you're sober over a year, you're kind of, you know, you can be in the dating pool without that much. When I was 366 days sober, there was somebody with a lot of time who came on to me hard. <laughs> and I was with her for quite a while. But it's when people try to fuck newcomers. And it is... connected to why in my experience and from what I've witnessed and heard and done counseling with and sponsored people with a really huge reason a lot of people that I know are drunk or dead it's part of the story I should say I have lost more acquaintances in Alcoholics Anonymous to things like this than to anything else. I think it is terrible. And as horny as I was when I got sober, as much of a sexual menace that I was when I was sober. I never did that. It was um, really driven home to me 
and I got sober by there were all these men when I got sober who were made AA feel very safe for the women I knew. There were a lot of them back in the day. I don't see as much of that now. And I'm looking harder. I know that there are incredible men in Alcoholics Anonymous who do create a safe environment where people feel safe and not like they're going to be preyed upon. And women too. I mean, all this applies to women as well. Applies to everyone. And when I was new, and I mean, constantly in my sobriety, I was really raised in AA where you, your job is to be a brother to all people in AA. Not a sexual predator. They used to say, if you want, I'd heard them say it to people, if you want to date in AA, let us drive you over to the hospital. Let's walk around there. We'll find somebody in the hospital for you to date. How's that? Because it's the same thing. As 13-stepping people. I know people right now who are not sober. And this is a part of their story. A lot of people. And so there's all that. Several times I've hosted meetings, put together meetings men's meetings that were kind of about this really about, they were about how to treat people in Alcoholics Anonymous, particularly women, but how to treat people in Alcoholics Anonymous. And it's very strange dynamic sometimes, very strange. Last time I had this meeting, it was a big meeting and it was just, it was kind of like there were two worlds. There was the world of people, what people shared in the meeting. And then there was like what was really going on. And then what was really going on was a lot of shady stuff that did not get shared at a group level. It's very fascinating. But I was taught and I believe that it is selfish to um, pursue a newcomer. Harmful. It's not fair. It's distracting. Confusing. I would say the best compliment I ever received in my life has to do with this. Many years ago, I was running a treatment center. 
and there was a female client. We knew she was high. She wouldn't drug test. She was just packing. She was just blowing up and she's sober today. She's sober a long time, actually. I don't think she listens to this, but if she does, she knows who she is. Anyways, it was just a complete shit show and she was leaving and she was packing and there was this big flight of stairs that you had to go up to exit the facility and she all had all her stuff and it was kind of chaotic and it was she was crying and people were upset and it was all bad. She got, got all of her stuff and she went all the way up these stairs and she came all the way back down a mess and she came right up to my face and she said, thank you for being the only man in my life who didn't want anything from me. She left. I know there's people who do not understand helping, um, you know, somebody that where there might be something, might be flirting or something. But I do know that the reason it is like that in 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 my life is that they're safe. My wife, who's just on the last show. Sponsors men in ACA. And has really beautiful relationships with a lot of men. And has had beautiful relationships with a lot of men for many years. And I've never perceived there to be a threat. And if anything I was ever doing was making her uncomfortable, I would not want to do it. But she and I are both on the same page about all this, and we have talked about it a lot. So if you, if you are someone who is out there creating a safe space within the fellowship, God bless you. Thank you. It needs a lot of that. The horrendous stories that I hear. I'm sure you've heard them too. It's a lot of that. My friend Dave, who's on here, sponsors women. Has heard fifth steps from women for years. Years and years and years and years and years. I know why. Because they feel safe with Dave. Because they know he's not trying to sleep with them. They know it. It's very clear. It's very beautiful. <clears throat> 
So thank you, Dave, for being one of those people who has very clearly to me and to so many women I know created a safe space in fellowship. It's important. I happen to know firsthand it's why a lot of people hate AA. One of the most One of the biggest responses I ever got to a meme that I posted on sarcastic.aa.book had to do with this, had to do with, was a meme of a guy and he was like, hey, sweetie, you know, give me a hug. How many days you got? And the meme was about how, you know, that's something about not looking forward to going back to in-person meetings. And the response to that was really kind of overwhelming. Posted it a couple times and Got a lot of messages about that. Horror stories. A lot of people do not feel safe in Alcoholics Anonymous because of that kind of thing. So anyways, I did this show today by suggestion. Somebody had suggested it. A few people had suggested it. And there it is. I don't know if that helped anyone. I don't ever want to make anybody feel unsafe. I do not think that's why my life was saved. All right. On a different note, as you know, I am a male model and I am paid to be objectified. So I'm going to go do that right now. I'm going to go do something. It's called, um, it's called sober leather gods. It's a, it's a fanzine out of the UK. Um, and (laughs) man, I'm not funny today. Oof. Do you smell that? That was my joke. That's what it was. All right. I want to give a shout out to Chelsea, Kelly, and Cassandra. And I'll say hi to Joe, Dan, Dave. Johnny, Tony, Richard, Pete, and BFF and Bestie. And Alex the Boy. And if anybody needs to hear it, I will say that everything is okay. And I am going to go try to live a life that was worth saving, and I hope you do the same.